Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, and let's get this show on the road. So, congratulations to Tiki Tours for winning God's Own. One of those things, you get some good athletes, and apparently you get some good athletes that grew up in the area, and they do quite well. So, But... They still have beat some really great teams. I have uh, tried to, been getting trying to get in touch with them and get them somebody from the team on the podcast, and we'll talk about it. So, uh, if anybody out there can hook us up, that would be cool. I guess I don't say this very often either, but if you know anybody that you think would be fun to listen to instead of my ramblings. Let me know, and uh, we'll see if we can get them on. Also, we'll probably be talking to uh, Kyle or somebody from AMK. Not the race that they were hoping they were going to have, but, um, you know, if you're going to have a bad race, why not get it over with early in the year? So we'll probably have somebody on, and we'll talk about that just because um, this is kind of... Because they've been on there forever. And I'm sure Kyle wants to beat Nathan for a number of appearances. So we have a contest this week. And the next two, Mark Latanzi is sending me three of his Squiggly Lines books signed by Mark. And we're going to have a little contest to give them away. And I've been thinking about it. So I got a couple of questions so this week's question is, what race did Mark and I meet at? I think. Anyway, I have a specific one in mind. I th- I'm pretty sure it's the first time that uh, we hung out together. So first one to uh, put the answer, put it on the TA1 Facebook page. And uh, we'll send you a signed copy, signed by Mark. Don't worry, I'm not going to put my grubby paws on it. And you will get uh, to read that. If you don't want to bother with that and just order one, I'll put the link in the show notes. So you can just order one or ten. Yeah, order them for birthday presents for people that don't adventure race or navigate. And they'll wonder what you're up to. I should uh, throw this out too if anybody wants to uh, throw a few sponsorship dollars. You got a race you want to promote, product, service, whatever, or just want to donate. Um, it's my uh, time for me to re up for my hosting and bandwidth and stuff. So if you want to help out, cool. Maybe I'll even put the donate button this time in the uh, show notes. And if somebody ever wants to just go to iTunes and put a review, it'd be cool. I don't think anybody has since uh, oh, week one, week two, when Grant went under and gave me a five-star. So at least I have a perfect five-star rating. Nothing much else. Kind of feeling like I'm in, uh, like I should be doing something. But uh, no races coming up yet. Nothing that we know of other than, what is 162 days to Cowboy Tough. So um, 
look for a 160-day update here in a couple of days if you're listening to this live. And if you're listening to this in 2018, um, please ignore that part. Uh, that's it. Let's uh, go listen to see what 361 Adventures has coming up. And go to their races and go fast and take chances. Thanks for listening. Is that you, Dallas? Bye. This is me, yeah. Okay, I've got to... Um, <laughs> read just a second. Um, let's see. Okay. I get this... Uh, sometimes when I'm recording, I get a uh, echo in my headphones. <laughs> but at least now I, I kind of always remember how to turn it off, so... Because otherwise I'm hearing myself like a few milliseconds later and it's... Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay, so we got you. Let's see. We'll try. We'll see if he, we'll see if he answers. <laughs> you would think I'd know how to do this. I don't do a lot of actual, you know, three-way conversations on Skype either, so... Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but, uh... I had to hunt down my password. It's how long I've been not been on Skype. Yeah. I've actually been using um, Facebook for... Probably more now. Oh yeah. yeah. I guess you can't do a three-way conversation on Facebook though. Probably. Yeah, that may be true. So. I googled it. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it is true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I'm on here, guys. Ah. Oh hi. Oh man, I'm glad we didn't say anything bad about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to let you continue, but <laughs> thought I should announce my presence. Oh wow. I- well, it's funny because it didn't like ring it or anything at, at this end. So yeah, you, you just appeared. Yeah, magic. Ah, uh, okay. Who are let Let's introduce yourself so people know who's talking when you're talking because they know my lovely voice. So who are you guys? <laughs> I am Dallas, uh, Sean's brother, and I'm the one half of Three Sixty One Adventures. Yeah, likewise, opposite end, um, Sean. Dallas's brother, and I'm the other half. All right. Who's the oldest? I am the oldest by four years. Okay. Who's the, who's the smartest? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's up in the air. Okay. I'm definitely the more handsome, though. I love causing trouble. Okay. Um, why is it 361 Adventures and not 360? You want me to handle that one, Sean? Yeah, yeah. You, uh. You do it right. <laughs> I'm the marketing guy, apparently. Okay. Um, so uh, we like to go plus one, you know, 360 in a circle, and we go plus one more degree. Right. Some people might, you know, think that's plus one uh, fun or plus one crazy or plus one, you know, whatever. <laughs> so it's up to interpretation of okay. the particular racer, what that plus one may be. We've, okay. we've heard it uh, run the gamut from anywhere from awesome all the way to we hate you, plus right. one. Okay. So it's sort of like your amplifier going to 11. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and if anybody doesn't know that reference, then stop listening because I don't like you. <laughs> um, let's see. There's a lot of stuff here I want to talk about. Just um, before I ask questions, I will let you know I talked to, had a chat with Super Kate Geeson Geeson last night. She's coming to the land beneath, between the lakes, and says she loves that race. Yeah, we, we love it, too. Um, it's actually the race that got us started in um, adventure racing. 
and it was a you know it's an amazing venue. The the Lake Barkley is huge. It's it's a really great place to put on a race, and we're looking forward to it. It's coming right up here very shortly. So it is okay. So were you guys racers first, promoters first? How did how did how did you become up into this wonderful world? Is that yeah, my question? I, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll cover this one. Both of us. Uh, we we got involved with it kind of uh, both not from a hardcore athletic background, but, you know, we love the outdoors, whatever. Then we started racing together, um, did that for, I don't know, two, three years. Um, and then we started, uh, you know, we had the idea of, well, let's try putting one of these on. Hmm. So we did that, and this is, uh, I guess, our fifth uh, fifth year of putting on um, races. And, uh, I mean, me personally, I've done, you know, triathlons, Ironman, um, expedition races, um, Dallas along the similar, similar lines. Um, we race a lot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we got started with the actual company side of it. Yeah. I remember after we would, um, go to a race, we would, you know, of course have the post race talk, you know, about this. And what we mainly focused on, it was weird. It's not like, wow, that was a good race. We'd be like, you know what, you know what we would do different for this race. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was kind of born out of that. We were like, always wanted to do something slightly different. Not that the races we went to were terrible or anything. It's just like, if, if we could do something different, what would it be? And so we talked about that for a long time, and it was like, hey, you know, we could actually do this and do something different, So, and we did. So why do you think you had that mindset of of kind of critically thinking about races and what you would do different? I, I don't want to say criticizing because it doesn't sound like you're criticizing, but where did where do you think that came from? Do you have any idea, Sean, where that came from? <laughs> Or is it just uh, those late night late night walks through the woods where you're bored? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that probably fueled a lot of it. I don't know. I think we're both fairly um, analytical, so we look at things and you know we kind of like to take our own spin on it. So uh, that's kind of what we've done with the company, just trying to clean the edges up, make it more I don't know, make it more refined, more um, professional. I think would be a good word for it. Plus so one degree. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> what? What is something you think that um, when you first started out you were doing that you had saw in a race and thought, no, we're going to do it this way, and we think our way is better? Well, I don't know if it's it's the better way. Um, a lot of a lot of the races that we do, and you know, it, it's not a negative thing at all. But it's um, a lot of people or a lot of racers they'll put on, you know, maybe one offs or one event a year and that's awesome because it keeps the sport alive and you know it's racers that should be putting on races um but a lot of companies or a lot of racers don't have the time investment to you know polish up the edges make it you know like i say make it more um clean more professional and that runs the gamut from you know the racer communication to the handouts to the maps to everything that goes into you know what we try to do as a company to make it an actual you know product that when you race it it feels like you're racing an event instead of, you know, a one-off or a uh, something that somebody's put together just for a weekend. So that's kind of the line that we took with it. And it took us a while to get there with it as well. I mean, you know, it's took us five years to kind of make it what we think it should be. So, and we're still working on it too, um, trying to make it better. So, um, so is this race production full-time job or do you guys got have real jobs where you can actually make some money? Uh, me personally, it's it's half and half. I do a lot of freelance work, um, yeah. but then you know this this is kind of the other other half of it, and it doesn't hurt 
to have a um, wife that's a travel nurse. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Because, okay, sidebar. My wife, Paulette's a ner- clinical nurse practitioner, and she's thinking okay. about doing a little traveling. Just, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have seen uh, we have seen a lot of new places. It's the way to go. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, we're trying to, you know, then it's like, how do we do it? Because, like, I'm... I do construction remodeling, and I've got like three years worth of work lined up. So it's like, well, we'll yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I keep telling her, no, you work half the time, make twice as much money, and play four times harder. Yeah, that <laughs> that is what we found. So highly mm. recommend it. Okay, so well, um, okay, I want to ask this first, and then I want to get into a little bit more of what you're doing. But there's been a little discussion on Attack Point about the uh, Bench Race World Series and things and stuff and kind of consensus that people are saying is you should pick your race by the race director and you know vote mm. your wallet you guys thoughts <laughs> <laughs> um, I would I mean I think really race directors do ultimately make or break the race experience, and, and that that makes sense to me. And we tend to probably pick our races when we actually get a chance to race by the company or the race director. So I mean, I can see that point. Yeah. Um, Sean, I, Sean does expedition races for a living, it seems. So he probably has some <laughs> thoughts on <laughs> the longer races. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's 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 right on. I mean, I've tried. Um, you know. I've, taken the leap of faith on some you know new events and new organizers and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily horrible um but you know i think the venue too is a huge deal if if you don't know the race director or it's a new event or whatever yeah. and you want to give it a shot i think if it's an awesome venue that you've never raced before i think that's worth you know giving mm-hmm. it a shot but yeah we tend to race the people that we know that put on good events yeah. I so, think that speaks, yeah. go ahead. Oh, sir, I, I think that speaks a little bit to what we're trying to do. We would love for people to think that we put on some of the best races in the country, or 361 puts on the best races in the country. So that's really the brand name we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, you know, how the race community views that, but hopefully, they are, you know, like you say, voting with their their wallet. <laughs> yeah. We will see. Yeah. Well, and we'll get into this, you know, the specific, you know, breakdown and stuff in a little bit, but. How many how many races do you guys put on? Because you're not just adventure races, right? We are mainly adventure races. Okay. We put on a row gain, and then we did a a bike um, bike trek event um, okay. last year too. So I think Sean, you correct me if I'm wrong. I think we have eight races on our 2017 schedule, and possibly yeah, uh, that, that sounds right. Nine. It rotates a little too. We'll you know we'll experiment with new ones, pull a you know swap them in and out. But yeah, I would say. Any given year, we have between you know seven to nine races. Yeah. And what kind of? I mean, are you are your number? Are you happy with your numbers? Even though you'd always like more. Well, not always, right? Um. Yeah, I think we're we're very happy with our numbers. There's there's sort of a core community of adventure racers that are going to show up regardless of what we do, and we really appreciate them. Uh, and then you know it's it's always a challenge to get new racers to come out too. But I mean overall, if you can get you know a hundred people to come out to an adventure race, which is this super niche sport that most people haven't heard of, I think you know, that's that's perfect for us, and we're going to keep doing it as long as they keep showing up. 
Yeah. Uh, I think adventure racing's in the closet of the niche. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> um. So how? I mean, how long do you races? What's the span? Two hour races, four hour races, up to four days. Uh, we have yeah. a. This year we have a four hour, uh, four hour flow, and that's I mean that's obviously to get new people, new blood into the sport, um, and that we started that last year did really well, a lot of positive people, um, a lot of new people as well. So that's what we're going for, and then we'll see those people um, at a few of our other races. Um, we have the what's called the Unbridled Adventure Race Series, and that's kind of a build up um, to the longest running AR in Kentucky called the Fig. Um, but that series, it starts at six hours, then an eight hour, um, and then the 12 hour fig. Um, so yeah, we're, we're looking at shorter events to try to get people in. Um, but then we also offer like the, uh, breakdown is run the range of 12 hours to 30 hours. Obviously this year it's, uh, 15 hours or four days. Um, so yeah, we, we, we dabble in the, anything from four hours up to, um, this year it'll be four days. Yeah. Do you see people? coming out for the four hour and then you know moving up gradually or is it is it too early to tell if that works i think they definitely move up um we tried to put on a shorter series with our unbridled race um series and most of those people that did the four hour like you know i'm not going to do another four hour race i want to race six hours or eight hours or something mm-hmm. like that because i think once they open that door in adventure racing and they figure out hey i can do this then it's like you know all of a sudden six hours or 12 hours isn't that big a deal anymore. It's that there's sort of a boundary they have to jump over. And then they get there and they're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. You think that's, that is the hard part is getting to do one? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think that is the most <laughs> difficult. Because you tell someone you race for 24 hours and they're like, well, that's crazy. I would never be able to do that. Yeah. But then, I mean, honestly, they can do it. Yeah. It's just they don't quite know they can do it or they can race 12 hours. Or I mean, I, I think anybody on the planet – um, that's in fairly reasonable shape and go ahead and race a 12, 12 24 hour adventure race. It's just getting them, you know, to make that first jump to yeah. actually do it. And, and well, when do you sleep? Don't you love that question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, okay, let's do, uh, land between the lakes. That's cause that's coming up next month. Is that, am I right? Yeah. It's March uh, 5th, I believe. Right, Sean? Yeah, that sounds right. First weekend in March. Um, first weekend in March. This yep. is the first year that we've uh, put this one on. It was uh, brought on by uh, Bonkhorn Racing several years ago, and that's the one that got us started. Um, had a huge, huge falling, huge run. They took a hiatus for a couple years, so we contacted them. So, uh, yeah, we're calling this the uh, uh, Revival 2017. So we're excited to bring it back. Are people excited? <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we see the buzz on social media, um, have over 100 registrants. So, yeah. Um, and then a lot of the a lot of the racers that know us or come to our events, um, you know, when we first announced that we were bringing it back. Um, yeah, they were they were legitimately stoked about it. So and we are we are as well because it's one of our it was our favorite race to do. So now we get a um, do it on the race direction side. Yeah. So where are you guys drawing from racers from for for that race um it's all the surrounding states that surround kentucky we've got racers from uh, let's see like tennessee um 
And a lot of the Midwestern racers, too, I should mention that, are they're coming, you know, they're traveling uh, eastward toward us. So we got Missouri racers and, um, let's see, Arkansas. I think there's a few from, um, let's see, mostly Kentucky, Ohio, Tennessee, just all the surrounding states, really, I guess is the, <laughs> the summary of that. Yeah. And do you guys, is, is adventure racing growing from your perspective? I think that's a tough question. I think it sort of depends on how yeah. you define the, the the term growing. I know that uh, over at the uh, Adventure Race Hub, um, Mr. I think Sack is his last name, yeah. put together you know all that data on adventure racing and stuff like that. That's a good thing to look at too. But you know, I'm not sure if it's if it's growing. I think it's on the cusp of growing, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully, you know, we can be on the forefront of, of growing the sport even more. I, but honestly, I, I'm not sure if it's it's growing or not. I know it's it's stable because we you know we pretty much have a, enough racers to keep the sport alive. And yeah. whether it's growing or not, I'm not sure. Hopefully, we can grow it some more. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, stable is good. Growing is better, obviously. But yeah. do you see the same people all the time? We see we, a lot of the same. You know, yeah. Like Dallas said, we see the core racers. And I mean, you know, that that's their, that's their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of a revolving door of, of new racers, whether it's the um, distance we put on or whether it's the geographic location. Um, you know, we'll see maybe them two, three races out of the year. Um, and then we'll see, you know, new faces every race. We'll see at least, you know, a dozen new faces. So that's kind of, that's kind of who we see. Yeah. Yeah. And personally, I've, there's been people that have contacted me and said, okay, this is my first adventure race. What do I need to do? And then, you know, next, next year they've done every single race we've been on. So that's a good thing. At least <laughs> there's, there's people that are getting, you know, completely hooked on the sports. It's, you know, as we know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that I think from that perspective, that's a really good thing that I all of a sudden get to know this person that said a year ago, "Hey, this is my very first adventure race," and then you know the next thing you know they're a pro at it. Oh, well, that's cool. So it's in you know that East Coast region, Kentucky, around there. Are there teams, groups, mentors for new people, or is it still kind of everybody just you know watches YouTube and figures out how to do it? There seems to be a, a a community of people that, and it may just be a, the, a few people that I know that are willing to do this, but they'll take a new racer out, you know, on a race, and it almost is as if they're they're sort of sacrificing that race to, uh-huh. to bring someone new into the sport. And, I mean, we know a couple people that'll just, you know, really go out there and take new people under their wings and and do that. But I think it takes a special kind of person to, like I say, kind of sacrifice that race so yeah. you can bring someone new into the sport. But I do think there's some groups out there that are, that are doing good work and we try to foster that as much as we can as, you know, as race directors and try to get people involved in the sport with veterans as much as we can. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's it, how it works, right? There's no, yeah. you, this isn't New Zealand where there's a high school adventure race team. Right, yeah. It's tough sometimes, but exactly. we do what we can. Yeah. So why did you decide to go with a four-day expedition race at, at for breakdown this year? What was your thought process? Well, um, 
So the first, the very first breakdown that we put on, um, it was really an, an unused, unutilized venue, um, Breaks Interstate Park. So when we first met with the um, superintendent there, Austin Bradley, um, I mean, he was so great to work with. So we got our fit in the door there. Um, and then in the back of our mind, we were like, you know, this this area, this region is, is so incredible. It has so much to offer. I bet we could put on an exhibition race here. So that was in the in the back of our minds um, during the pre-race briefing. I remember Dallas, you know, laying it out there that, you know, maybe in four or five years, you may see a, a, a multi-day race here. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the groundwork for it um, as we started exploring the area a lot more. Um, then then it became, you know, it became solid in airheads. That, yeah, there is enough. Uh, there is enough here, um, and it's super scenic, super pretty. Um, so that's where we went with it. We kept, uh, we kept at it. We kept, you know, GPSing the trails, exploring, exploring, exploring. Um, and then probably year three of the breakdown, that's when we actually knew, okay, um, we're going to unroll this thing, you know, probably year five or so. Um, and then it was just a matter of, okay, how long do we want to make it? Um, and then just figuring out all the things that go into a multi-day race. Yeah. Well, in it, you picked a good year to do it because, as far as I can tell, you guys are right now like the only four-day race in North America. Yeah, that worked out really well for us. It was <laughs> unexpected because <laughs> yeah. when we were doing the planning and the scheduling, we were like, okay, here's here's what's going on. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that, that worked out, you know, worked out perfectly for us. So, um, yeah, we're excited about it. We're excited to be um, kind of the East Coast representative of the of the expedition world now that uh, untames out of the picture and yeah. Um, you know so yeah we're 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 stoked about it yeah does okay this is a weird question but does it surprise you that adventure racing is so much bigger on the east coast than the west coast oh absolutely yeah <laughs> so when when I when um, my wife and I started the traveling thing um, you know coming from Midwest where you had your, you know, gamut of adventure races. Every weekend you had, you know, at least one, maybe two or three to pick from. Um, out out west, I mean, I'm in California right now talking to you. It's crazy. I mean, you have all of this landscape, really pretty, a lot of things to do, mm-hmm. no adventure races. No, it's <laughs> You know, there are few and far between. So it's absolutely bizarre. Um, and, uh, you know, we had even talked, uh, Dallas and I had talked about, you know, maybe exploring some West West Coast options to bring maybe some of our Midwestern uh, racers that, you know, would love to travel out here to mm-hmm. do it, you know, to give them the umph to actually come out here to visit. So maybe that's that's something on the forefront in the next two to three years to maybe put on a, a West of the Mississippi race. But, yeah, it is absolutely surprising. Yeah. We're going to have to charter a 361 plane to fly them out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, adventure races are used to – uh, spending a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's what's a charter plane, you know, among friends, right? Sure. <laughs> we'll split it. Yeah. So, um, all right. um, I had to close a window, you know, technical stuff. So <laughs> what what um, what are you gonna do for for the breakdown? Walk, Boy, walk, walk what are we going to do? <laughs> we've, we've thrown everything at it. Um, um, you know, pack rafting kind of has taken off in the AR world yeah. in the past, you know, two to three years. Um, 
there's probably not to give too much away, but there's, you know, around a half dozen uh, pack rafting legs. Uh, we have an incredible rappel um, sponsored by Lupine Lighting. Um, we got them involved. Um, so at we're throwing night. that at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. at night. So they'll yeah. light it up um, righteously for us. Um, and then, you know, you have you have your standards. You have um, some canoeing. You have some uh, road, uh, fire road, technical type mountain biking. Um, lots of good trekking um, along a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of elevation gain, seeing, uh, you know, some high mountain ridge lines for a very long time. So, yeah, it's that typical kind of, you know, let's, let's see what you have over four days. And um, honestly, it's 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 a type of terrain that really none of it is um, easy. Um, there are no easy miles. But what we have tried to do is design it to where it's not, even though it is called the breakdown, it's not going to actually break you down. You have yeah. a lot of options for both the, you know, elite racers to go out and do their own thing for four days. But at the same time, I would say, and Dallas probably has the numbers better than I do, but I'm guessing maybe 30 to 40% of the racers that we have, um, this will be their first time expedition race. So we wanted to design it to where they can actually um, do the race at their own pace um, and have fun with it. So that's that's what we're throwing into it this year. Cool. Do you guys, as a company in in – Maybe it's different if each of you are you more to the adventure side or are you more to the racing side of adventure racing? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if we've been asked that. We found that what we like to do with our races is we definitely want to challenge the people that are in it to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to challenge them not not just you know physically. We want to create a course that's so big that they're actually going to have to make some decisions. Um, We don't like to design courses to where there's no thought process. So even for our elite racers, um, they will have to make decisions on, do I want to do this leg? Do I want to skip this checkpoint? Um, So that's kind of our overall uh, principle of course design. Hmm. Um, But then at the same time, we really want those new racers, you know, just the average Joe to go out, and actually enjoy themselves, not to get completely beat down or discouraged. So that's kind of how we approach a a course design. Um, Lots of options, lots of decision-making. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, just from a a slightly different perspective, um, adventure, I have to dial Sean back constantly because he is (laughs) totally into adventure. So he'll be like, hey, we're going to do this thing. You know, they're going to go down these class five rapids in this inner tube or something like that. And there's a rope at the end. I'm like, Sean, man, we, we got to dial it back. But for the most part, Sean loves the adventure because he's done these expedition races where it's like, you know, he's always telling me, you know, you, you have to up the levels for this stuff. So yeah. if anybody's looking for adventure, it's uh, Sean will definitely design a course that has some adventure included, pack rafting and rappelling at night to speak to a couple. Yeah. So go ahead, Randy. No, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh, so are you doing like you know a A to B course with mandatories and optionals? Is that kind of how you run in the um, course? It, the, yeah, the framework. So, so our goal for this one was uh, again to make it accessible to our first-time expeditioners, mm-hmm. and. At the same time, you know, we want to challenge the elites. So what we've designed it to do is, one, um, 
no short coursing. Okay. You know, I think all expedition racers, well, not all, <laughs> some of them are hardcore enough to where short coursing isn't even a, an issue. <laughs> but for a lot of first timers or a lot of your, you know, your, your mid pack racers, that's always a, a threat. You know, you don't want to get short course. Oh God, we got to beat the short course. Yeah. So we've designed it. No short coursing, uh, no dark zones. We really want people that have made the investment of, of training time, of money, of everything that it takes to come out and do an expedition race mm-hmm. to do their own thing. We want them to, this is their adventure. This isn't something that we've constructed that they have to do. It's here are all your options. Here's the game plan. Here's the backbone of the race. And from the backbone of the race, there's several legs, several options to where they can dial it in to their skill set or their um, fitness level. So that's that's kind of the, the framework of the of the XPD. Okay. So. Well, it's interesting. How hard is it to find that balance? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's exceptionally <laughs> hard. It's like uh, staring at maps for days and days and days and reworking things. And then, you know, there's always the approval process and reapproval. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a interesting. <laughs> but we, we got her dialed in. I think it's uh, exactly where we want it to be. So um, cool. we're, we're excited. Yeah. So, and... Are the racers excited? Is, you know, a lot of people interested? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, I'm, I mean, I feel like if you're an adventure racer, you probably know that the breakdown's coming, or at least that's our hope. Yeah. <laughs> we hope that everyone listening listening to this podcast at least has heard of, you know, the breakdown's coming in, in 2017 up in April. Um, so I think it's on their radar. It's whether they're, uh, you know, whether they're going to pull the trigger on it, and we hope they do because, uh, we think it's going to be, you know, one of those races that people talk about, and that's what we're going for. Why, why April? It seems maybe a little early. Is that just uh, when you could do it? Uh, that's I don't know. That's traditionally when we've held the breakdown. Okay, um, it's been you know the first couple uh, weekends in April, um, and that's uh, I'm, I'm not. I think initially that started from a. You know, just kind of working with uh, Breaks Interstate Park, that was kind of their off off period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked well for our schedule of races as well. So that's just kind of what we stuck to. That's the April's breakdown month, so that's when it is. Yeah. And there are no snakes in April, I'd like to point out. It's too cold for snakes. Oh, okay. That's, that's one th- way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. um, for you guys, generally, and, and let's, well, let's just say for the breakdown, what will you consider a successful race when it's, you know, everything's packed up and you're on your way home? Well, I, I, we can probably answer this one separately, Dallas, but for me, um, my objective, and I think our, you know, 361's objective is we want people that do our races to come away with a, a positive attitude toward their weekend or, you know, four hours, four days, at the end of it, sure, there's going to be tons of suffering, tons of hardships, physically, mentally, all that stuff that you experience. But when they go back home, we want them to look back on it and be like, man, that was awesome. You know, I'm glad I did that. I'm, I'm glad I, I I went through it. And we found, and I've found personally, that in the longer races, and it doesn't have to be a multi-day race, even if, you know, if you reach that you know, 24-hour plus or whatever your fitness level is, as you know, you'll learn some things about yourself you'll learn a lot about what you actually can achieve. So that's what we want. We want at the end of it for them to look back and be like, man, 
that was that was great. I'm glad I did that. So that's our kind of over encompassing goal. If you come out and do our race, we want you to have that that true kind of um, adventure. You know, we want it to be an adventure. So that's that's kind of my take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if we need to answer that separately. But I mean, that is. I'm absolutely amazed by the the level of athleticism and just perseverance and endurance that these people have. And it, you know, if if we can put on a race that challenges them and they go home happy, I'm, I'm that's our entire goal is we're 100% racer focused. And I, I want these people to have, I want every single racer to have the time of their life and to say that was the best race I've ever done. So yeah, that's we're on the same page with that one, Sean. <laughs> well, it's good that the company is on the same page with that. Um, who do you, th- let's see, I don't, how do I want to ask this? Who do you like more, the ra- the elite racer or the racer that takes four days and just barely can scrape by? <laughs> and, I, and I guess not like, but it's like, because I've always admired the scraper buyers. Yeah, you're you're going to get us in trouble with the or you're going to get me in trouble with the elite racers. But I I absolutely admire those people that are just barely barely hanging on because yeah. it just takes so much. I, maybe not so much more, but it, there's something special about that person that's out there. So I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, one of our breakdowns, um, there was somebody that was like an hour late, and so we went out looking for him in a truck, and they're they're coming up this huge hill. And on their bike, and they're so late, and they're completely beat down. They're pushing their bike. I'm like, hey, you just you want to ride back? Are you okay? And they're like, no, I'm gonna finish. So there's something special about that. Yeah, I I I tend to agree. I just you know what? If if you're um, Kyle Peter and you finish, so what? You're supposed to finish. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, I agree there. So. I can't have a question. So, Sean, you raced you you actually race more than Dallas, right? Is that is that fair? Yeah, that, yes. that's fair. Okay. <laughs> I'll answer that for Sean. Yes, he does. Well, I'm just kind of curious because I don't know if I've ever ran across either one of you at a race, and I'm I'm just kind of surprised. So what? Hmm. Yeah, are, see, I I've I've ran across you, Randy. Okay, you just don't remember me. Well, no, I, I've, I, I've done. Yeah, yeah I've some, done Untamed, Cowboy Tough. Uh, Utah race from Happy Mutant, um, and then a bunch of the other ones, uh, all kinds of 24-hour, 48, all all the kind of ARs that are on the forefront. I, I think I've probably crossed them off my list. So okay, well, and I mean, I don't remember half the people I meet till like the second or third time. So and I'm hey, just kind of figuring well, it's got to be you got to be out there sometime. Okay, so who did you race with at Cowboy Tough? Uh, Cowboy Tough. It was just a uh, a two banger, so it was me and and Brian Grafton. Um, okay, yeah. Okay, so so I know Brian. So, but why I didn't remember you is kind of weird. So it's probably because I'm extremely quiet. I'm the, <laughs> I'm more of the course planner, kind of nuts and bolts logistics. Like Dallas said, he's the <laughs> he's the pre race meeting. The he's the face of three sixty one. <laughs> I'm surprised Sean's talking to us now. To be honest with you. <laughs> So, well, you know, you can't pass up your uh, 35 minutes of fame. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so what What do you think is the difference between two of you? Why are one of in generalization, why do one of you race and one of you not so much? No, hold on. I race sometimes. I, I know. As I said, not so much. much. <laughs> right. But do you think you know, 
is there a difference? I mean, obviously there is. Do you know what it is? Sean is going to try to be humble, so I'll just answer for him. Sean is much more of an adventurer than me. I mean, he's he's out in California, and, like, it's nothing for him to go, like, on a – he just got back from a three-day bike ride with something out in the woods. And, you know, I'm more the, uh, the domestic sort of – here in about uh, 20 minutes, I go pick the kids up from school kind of person. Okay. So I think that's probably – we just have different personalities. And, you know, I would love to have the adventure Sean have. I don't know if I have it in me, though. He's just uh, – he's an adventurer at heart. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's probably a good thing you know that, right? Yeah, but I can run a spreadsheet like nobody's business. So if we need to do some results, I got it. Oh, well, see, when I have to sit down and look at numbers on the computer, it just, I, it, it, boom, gone. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, we, we complement each other very well, actually, Sean and I do, as a, as a adventure race company. So it's it's working out really well in that respect. Yeah. Um, so have you guys always been close as brothers or have you always, is, I, I'm an only, I was an only kid. I'm still an only kid. So, you know, families are weird to me. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have uh, to be friends with your brother, right? I can't imagine not being friends. <laughs> I mean, like really, we, we grew up, did all kinds of stuff together. We actually still, our best friends for the most part are mutual friends. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, you know, a, a shared I don't know. It was more of a friendship than a, than a brotherhood. So it's changed. The dynamics changed a little with, you know, me moving and us starting a business together. But, Mm -hmm. and I know they always say don't mix uh, business with family, but man, it's easy. It's it's like easy when you have, you know, the same kind of mentality and focus. And um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's worked out great for us. Yeah. I think we're the exception of that. Don't start a business with your family uh, game because, it comes down to trust, I think, when you have a business together. Yeah. And, like, I don't even have to think about, you know, I mean, so a box of T-shirts will show up on the doorstep. And I'm like, oh, Sean ordered shirts. Awesome. Okay. It's kind of that kind of <laughs> dynamic we have going on. Yeah. It just, I mean, it, I love, it fascinates me a little bit, that dynamic. You know, the thing, like, couples that race together. I love my wife, but I don't know if I'd want to adventure race with her. I'll, yeah. go, I'll go take her picture while she does, but... <laughs> um what do you guys where do you see yourself what's your mission statement what do you think you know 361 adventure will be in five years you got any thoughts (laughs) on that sean (laughs) i i i mean i personally think that if we continue with what we're doing here i I would be more than happy we're getting i mean ultimately you know at the end of the race, we have smiling faces for the most part. They may be a little, um, you know, a little on the neutral side with all the suffering they've had to go through. But, <laughs> you know, we'll often get after the race, people will be like, man, that was great. You know, thanks. What What's key to us is when people actually thank us for creating that event or, you know, for letting them do what they want to do. Um, so I think as long as we continue with that, growth would be great. But that's not like that's not our or that's not my primary objective to see, you know, 300 people at our events. That would be wonderful. But as long as the events that we, we're putting on are, you know, truly quality and people are enjoying them, I'd be more than happy to continue with what we're doing, um, you know, for five more years. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, if, if we can create quality events for five more years, then that's what I'll definitely be doing for five more years. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I'm going to ask. 
ask you both the same question but a little bit different because you both are doing a little bit different things. So do you have, each of you, uh, I hate the term, but I'm going to use it, for you, Dallas, a bucket list where you'd like to put on a race? And, Sean, do you have a race that you really, you know, want to go do? Yeah, well, so while Dallas thinks about his answer, <laughs> <laughs> I, I already I already have mine queued up. We actually okay. got a slot at uh, Worlds. Okay. Um, awesome that it's coming to the U.S., so... Um, and when I, when I got the opportunity, I was like, man, that's, that's a big undertaking. And I was like, ah, it doesn't matter. It's worlds. Right. (laughs) So, uh, the, the three other people that I asked immediately, not like no hesitation. Mm -hmm. They're like, yep, yep, yep. Let's do it. Let's, let's get it. So, uh, we were lucky enough, I guess it sold out in, you know, a couple minutes. Two minutes. Lucky enough to get a wild card. Yeah. We got a wild card spot. So that's, that one's definitely my, uh, cross that one off the list and we're, uh, I mean, we talk about it all the time, um, training hard for it. So, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to that one. And who are you racing with? Um, so my buddy Doug Ritzert, and that's actually the trip Dallas was talking about. I just did a 100-mile um, bikepacking trip along the Arizona Trail with him hmm. uh, this weekend. Uh, so it's Doug Ritzert, Jess Evans, um, and then Jim Bitten. Um, and all of those three people met him through 361. They did our races. Um and Jess Evans kind of, you know, I don't know if you know her, but we had seen her at mm-hmm. racers super strong. Um, and then, but then Jim and Doug, again, 361 uh, participants, that's how we come to know them. And now we're, you know, good friends with them. So, oh, Cool. A happy ending story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, Dallas, your turn. You know, I was thinking about that while he was talking and, and listening as well. But, you know, I don't have – like a bucket list or even a particular venue that I really, really, really want to go to. I would love to move out West and do some races out there and, and, you know, and put those on. But as long as we're doing the races, uh, the venue doesn't so much matter to me as long as everybody goes home happy and we're putting on, you know, quality races. So sorry to sort of duck that question, but I I don't really have a, you know, anything in mind that sticks out to me. It's just, we, I think we're doing what we're doing and we're hopefully doing it well. So, yeah. So, well, I'm I'm at my mother's house because she's got good internet. So and she just came home, so the dogs are barking. In case people are wondering, <laughs> so um, cool. Anything you guys want to chat about that I haven't asked you? That you know, other than telling people to come out and race. Yeah, I think that covers it. Come out and race. Anybody that's never tried an adventure race before, um, probably go ahead and. Pull the trigger on that because you, you will enjoy it. Hopefully, somebody that's never done adventure before is listening to this podcast. So, well, yeah, well, we same thing with uh, same thing with expedition racing. A lot of people are so intimidated by it. Yeah. Um, and I think they they're so intimidated by it because they maybe raced a, a 24 hour, and you know, after a 24 hour race, you're had. I mean, you've gone so fast, so strong that you you cannot imagine doing three more days of that and, and dallas is the same way i've tried to get him to to do an expedition <laughs> race with me he's like oh, i don't know man I, I don't feel so great right now <laughs> you know that's at like 2 a.m you know 16 hours into the race yeah but what we found and and um the guy i'm racing worlds with um doug he did his first expedition race with me um last year in utah mm-hmm. and i told him you know i told him the story it's all going to level off you're going to hit a plateau of suffering to where you're okay with it. Your body's okay with it. Your mind's okay with it. You're going to level off, Doug. And sure enough, you know, 24, you know, 30 plus hours, 
yeah, you're hurting. But then it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to continue to hurt like this for the next three days. And so it's really no, honestly, I don't think it's much different after that, you know, 24 hour mark, mm-hmm. you hit what you're going to hit, you slow down and then you just grind it out. So mm-hmm. I would encourage anybody that's never done an expedition race. I don't want to be overly dramatic about it and say that it's life changing, but it is life changing Yeah, because it's such an accomplishment to race for a multi-day race. I mean, just on all different levels, you come out of it and I think it's actually, you feel more confident. It's, it's, you know, it's a thing to where you're like, wow, I can't believe that I just raced for insert number of days. Yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of my, my final statement. on it. <laughs> so I couldn't agree more. You, you don't know what you can do till you go a little bit farther than what you can do. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, thanks guys. It's been great and uh, actually relatively easy to get set up, especially with schedule wise, timing wise, technical wise. So it was good. Well, good deal. Absolutely. Thanks for having yeah. us, Randy. Okay. Yeah. Now, Randy, uh, no excuses. The next time I see you, you have to remember who I am. I'll remember. I'll, <laughs> I'll see you in Wyoming, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll say which one of you guys. I'll wait till you write it yeah. on your on your jersey, then I'll know. Uh, we've we've learned as brothers growing up, looking very similar, that we answered e- to either Dallas or Sean. We'll just okay. we'll play it off. <laughs> so, sounds good. Thanks. All right. All thanks, right thanks again. All right. Bye. What is that I hear? Now you're shit.